Hello, this is the Film Club at UW podcast. I'm Harrison Hall, and with me today I have Kendall Imus and Andrew Shearer. How you doing? Wave to the cameras, guys. Say hi. So today we're going to be talking about the movie Rubber. Before we do that, let's talk about you two, uh, Kendall and Andrew. Uh, what if? What do you guys do in the Seattle film scene? Um. Wow. Such a such a good question. Two loyal film club members, by the way. Yes. Um, I've been going to film club since first quarter of freshman year. Big fan. And um, we're in Lux, also, film production club here. So we've made some movies, worked on them. Yeah, and you probably have a more eloquent answer for that. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I've been with Lux since my freshman year. I've made a total of two movies and then one on the way with them. Um, with film club, I've gone to some screenings here and there and just been exposed to all sorts of film here in Seattle. Um, but yeah, it's kind of yeah. They're like award-winning, <laughs> prestige, oh, best picture, prestige of filmmaker, two, three. Yeah. Oh, he won best picture. I okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. He won best director also. Best director. No, that was Megan. No, we got no, that screenplay. Was best screenplay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. But whatever. Whatever. You know? but so okay. the, but we'll take all of them. Same dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, these are some pretty knowledgeable folks about film. They know a lot. We'll see how that. If that shows up in this next, in the following discussion, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that carries on yeah. film analysis. So again, we're talking about Rubber, the 2010 film Rubber, directed by Quentin Dupieux. I feel like I could say I'm more French, but I don't want to. Yeah. sure. It premiered at Cannes, actually. So this is an art film. But it is certified. I don't think it tries to hide the fact that it's an art film, just from the first opening, like, 20 minutes. So we will be going over plot details and spoilers, so I highly recommend that you go out and watch this hidden gem on your own time before continuing. Or, if you don't care, whatever, man. Up to you. So, yeah, actually, before we get into this, how did you, what led you to, like, unearthing this? Oh, I, I, yeah, so, we sometimes host just movie nights at my place with Kendall and her friend Isabel, who you met the other night. And Idrania, and then her, my other roommate, Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Off podcast lore. Off podcast (laughs) lore, yeah. And Isabel is very much, she, she loves the camp horror. She loves the goofy, you know, like, thanks killing, like, stuff like that. She chose it practically to torture me, which is not, which wouldn't have worked anyway, had it been the film that she wanted. Like, say it's like, it was actually like the pulp cover. Right, so let's clarify, Rubber is a movie that, the plot synopsis is it's about an evil tire who explodes people with right. its mind. And that's all the, that's all the plot says. So if she, yeah. Isabel read that, her eyes lit up, and then yeah. she didn't even spend another, she just clicked it, on it. Like she didn't we were, try we were fresh else. off of like maybe Friday the 13th. Yeah. So and, we were like, oh, and, okay. Like, Kendall's general energy here was like kind of low, well, I would I was say. just like, I'd like to peruse all the options as possible. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just one of those people in movies. I'm just like, I'm also okay with spontaneous. But as soon as we saw tire killing people that no it was on yeah yeah. the (laughs) opening was slow obviously and like i don't know like meditative almost it's like right slow it it opens in the desert yeah with like a bunch of chairs everywhere (laughs) and the car slowly hitting and they all fall apart an ambiance you know yeah kind of evoking texas chainsaw massacre perhaps with the With the ambient sound design. So already it's making like like choices. Choices <laughs> yeah. that make homages to things that maybe the viewer yeah. is expected to have seen already. <laughs> like, and, I don't know. And I would say like personally, I wasn't huge on the film, but 
My enjoyment came in seeing Isabel's joy slowly drain from <laughs> her this face. Because not what she wanted she, to watch. She, she went from like, oh, this is a goofy camp movie to this is an artistic French <laughs> film. Oh, my God. And, and, then, and then just seeing Kendall's face light up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and we finished it. And we finished it. So we found it in the depths of HBO. Yeah. We yeah. found it in deep, the depths. Deep in the depths of It was of like, the, up like the Walmart, like, $1 DVD yeah. bin. Like, that's what we... Yeah. It was like... Suggested, suggest in like three down from the suggested, suggested of Friday the 13th and the HBO Max. Like, but I have you heard of Quentin Dupio before? Because I, I talked about no, I hadn't. I remember I referenced this in like 301 with you, and then um, PJ was behind it. Went, oh, yeah. Quentin, du- he knew exactly who yeah. I was, and I was like, okay, so he's like a guy people know, yeah, apparently. And apparently, like, if I had known that, if I had known about him, I probably would have famous had more DJ. expectations, actually. Famous DJ in France, yeah, Mr. Wozo. Yeah. I think he goes. Oh, okay. <laughs> he, he collaborated on the score for this movie. As uh, yeah, it seems so like he was in all of the. He's credits. kind of the modern John Carpenter, was, really. Is that why you wore your John Carpenter shirt? Yeah, I am wearing a John Carpenter shirt today. Um. So okay, after um we get this opening shot in the desert, the car runs through and destroys all the chairs for Hunt. seemingly no reason. Yeah, if you can believe it, and then. From the trunk of the car emerges a man who speaks to us, kind of giving us like the thesis statement of the film right away. It's to kind the of abstract in an ad- like an academic journal. Yeah, like, he's, <laughs> yeah. He speaks like in the film E.T. Why is the alien brown? Yeah, no reason. And then he's and, one that actually no, did have no, a reason. No, that, no, he, then, yeah, exactly. And then he goes into like in the movie JFK. Why was the president of the United States assassinated? Yeah, no reason. And then he's like, in The Pianist by Roman Polanski. <laughs> Why did he have to hide all alone by himself? Digging for scraps. Digging There's for no scraps. Reason. Which is like... There's actually quite a huge reason. He's a Jewish man in Nazi-occupied <laughs> Poland. For no reason. For no reason. He's walk out on the street. Yeah, this this is quite a long monologue. He keeps going and going. In James Cameron's Avatar, why are the Navi blue? No reason. In Orson Welles' Touch of Evil, why does he look so big? No No reason. reason. I'd like to think that that had a reason, though. Yeah. That was was artistic choice. So, I don't know. How are you two reacting to the no reason opening? That was kind of my red flag. As soon as that monologue started, I was like, oh. It had me, it had me, and then, like, for some, like, he said that Roman Polanski, like, in the pianos, and I was like, that just kind of stuck. Like, it just kind of, like, stopped me short of, like, fully, like, yeah. being like, okay, let me take this seriously. Like, I was like, well, and I don't, which I don't even know if that was intentional, like, to, for you to just disagree with. Me. I was also kind of, like, buckling in, though, because, like, if they're going in, <laughs> yeah, this, <laughs> thing, that's, this is, like, my warning sign. <laughs> they're like, no reason. This movie's gonna have no reason. I'm like, yeah. okay, all right. Let's let's light this candle. Let's see how deep this goes. I think it was fitting though for yeah. it set me up for success in enjoying the film, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Surprise like right away it reminded me of like Wes Anderson's output this year. Like mm-hmm. Asteroid City opens like the movie you're watching's fake. Yeah. Yeah, like I find I found it more endearing than yeah, Asteroid City. Though. Really? Yeah, it's much more so. Interesting, but I don't know. Just right, f- right from the beginning, it kind of like establishes that you're supposed to watch this movie about the tire in a sort of like no logic, exactly. like like pure feeling, mm-hmm. intuition sort of way, which I kind of like that in film. I'll yeah, tire. 
Yeah. You, like, do you almost like a tire? Exactly. Um, it's hollow, but it, it's it's a it is full. It is, it is full. Shape. Yeah. Yeah. You um, walk out of this podcast loving this movie. Yeah. We're going to just, it's going to be us just manipulating you into like thinking it's fantastic. You add it to your top four. I don't know. I definitely wish that I went into more movies just focusing on feeling now. So this was like yeah. a nice reminder of that, I think. Okay. So then after um, this, we're introduced to like, in the movie, there's, like, an audience of people watching the rubber movie with us. In the yeah. middle of the California Yeah, desert. in the middle of the desert, and they watch it through binoculars. It's like they're watching it being filmed, almost. Yeah. Like, it's happening live in front of them. Yeah, but they also go on, like, a plight of their own. With, like, <laughs> yeah. like, they have to sleep out there, they get, like, poisoned food. Yeah. They, yeah. So I thought that was nice that they also, like, continued. They weren't just, like, useless spectators that had nothing, like, nothing going on. Well, it's kind of like a Greek, you know, chorus. Okay. So they yeah. were But I don't feel like the Greek, the chorus in any, like, Greek tragedy or anything, like, you know, had anything happening to them <laughs> the, at yeah. the same time, like, simultaneously with the narrative. Yeah. Like, having to sleep on the floor was not Well, that's why Robert said scene. That's why rubber changed everything yeah. yeah i don't know there you know there's a bunch of characters in this crowd you know there's yeah. a father and his son i just love how like stereotypically american they were especially for this being a french film like i like we just kept cracking jokes that there was gonna be like a david david lynch little kid oh with like a the, lollipop and, and propeller hat, like, like in the audience yeah. and like, the sheriff's name is chad yeah oh right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. and then, yeah, i don't know there's also a man in the wheelchair there who becomes very important right later on but kind of good yeah. yeah. After we we are acknowledging that there is an audience watching this movie, then we cut back to the desert. Ominous music. Mm-hmm. Some really atmospheric. I mean, like two thousand one shots. Yes. Like right. It is kind of the opening of yeah. two thousand one. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. I don't know. We see some scattered debris mm-hmm. in the sand. There is like a Sesame Street doll in there, which caught my eye. And mm-hmm. then. Boom, there's a tire and it's sitting, it's sitting there in the desert. Stuff. And it varies it starts to like tremble. It yeah. starts to quiver it's a little bit. Yeah. And then yeah. it lifts itself <laughs> up. It's reactive. Yeah, it defies physics. And I we're intended to assume that it is alive. Why? No reason. No reason. No reason. Yeah. Why is it quivering? Yeah. Is there a reason for that or is Yeah, it why is it quivering? Exactly. To show us, to give us a visual cue that it's gonna Blow somebody it, up, yeah. maybe. It, can I just say, this is about the point in the film, once the rubber tire thing started happening, I'm like, okay, alright, this movie's cooking now. The titular like, I was tire. worried, I was worried that, it, like, like honestly, I wasn't a huge fan of the opening monologue and, like, the audience thing, but then as soon as it started doing what the poster said it was gonna be doing, I was like, okay. Yeah. And I, I think that opening part, like, specifically just with the tire, all of those shots were just kind of, be- just really they, beautiful. Yeah, I know. They were they gorgeous. They like, kind of killed it, yeah. Yeah, it looked like the Vim Vendors movie or yeah. something. Look Looked like Paris, Texas, <laughs> Paris, Texas out here. Yeah. So then we get like a little sequence of the tire just rolling through the desert Which, with this like with this whimsical, like playful music. Yeah, and just like how he was swerving. I'm sorry, I shouldn't assume. No, it's a he. But 
it's swerving. I believe his name's Robert. Was it Robert? Yeah, yeah. According to the Wikipedia page for the movie, the tire is named Robert, but mm -hmm. it isn't like clarified as such in the film. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, yeah, you know, it's debatable. It's, I like the really swerving though of Robert because the camera would yes. follow it, and I felt myself more. I had to kind of stop myself from wondering how the fuck did they film this? You know, like yeah. it being how were they making the tire shake at all times? Because and I didn't want to find that out, so I was just like. Apparently the. Uh, Quentin Dupieux, his, his inspiration for this sequence was actually Wally, the opening sequence of Wally, where Wa you know it's just kind of silent and he rolls oh, around, yeah. and yeah. we oh, begin to understand so kind oh, of goodness. the character through the world they inhabit. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Oh yeah, that's nice. <laughs> but yeah, I was also really taken aback by the tire effects. They were quite like they were good. They were well executed. I thought that perhaps it was like a green screen. Thing thing or like wires yeah but it turns out that the tire in this movie was actually like a remote controlled animatronic i wonder if they put like a like a they lined the tire with something that would i don't know i don't know how it works how did they do that though yeah well it's like it's like bb8 in the disney star wars movies but better because it's completely hollow so yeah. you can't even see the machinery yeah that exists within so it's more so. impressive and it also looks like an ordinary object yeah which is almost funnier so yeah i mean there's some great animatronic effects in rubber apparently i'm a big fan but yeah this kind of this whimsical sequence sort of comes to an abrupt stop when uh the tire robert encounters a water bottle and he stops still oh, yeah and and trying to sort of like overcome yeah there's like an extreme close-up of robert in the water bottle and like he's sort of sort of like moving forward towards the water bottle like mm -hmm. what's about to happen and then he crushes it he crushes the water it's bottle. his first taste can we talk about the and then he quickly moves on to a rabbit from yeah. my memory? Well, Can we talk well, about well, that. There's yeah. quite a bit in between those. Oh, okay, go yeah. ahead. Go but, ahead. No, no, no. Yeah, so we get a sort of like malignance out of Robert, which is interesting. It gives him some depth almost. And then, you know, it just it continues the montage sort of where he he keeps escalating towards larger and larger right. prey. Right. He yeah. runs over a scorpion. Oh, that's right. And but then he encounters a beer bottle, and he, he can't, can't just crush it. He can't. No, he's, he can't I crush to, it. Has a hard time so, with that. Yeah. Did, would any of you like to say what Robert does to this beer bottle? Oh, he starts staring that sucker down, <laughs> starts and he starts shaking. shaking. Yeah, shaking. He starts trembling. trembling. He uses his brain power. Psychokinesis. Purely just blows it up. Yeah, yep. and it explodes. It shatters the ball. And it, we cut back to the audience, and they're like, what? the tire has psychokinetic powers. What reason Acting as could act possibly explain that? Yeah. Yeah, always got to love a good that happened oh, yeah. moment. I, can I just say, I love the plastic bottle scene specifically. Because, <laughs> like, there's a there's point in movies where you wish that something is going to happen, and then it does happen, and you're like, thank God. And, like, when he just comes up to that plastic bottle, and he just, like, rolls over it. I remember it just cracked me up because it felt like a little kid just going like eh. right <laughs> it was just like rolling away it was so good yeah he just seems so frustrated so much emotion within that rubber tire and then he kills like a crow 
Yeah, that, then he starts murdering. Yeah, and then it's like the taste. Sort of the joy of the scene kicks back up. We get um cover of the song "Just Don't Want to Be Lonely." <laughs> okay, okay. So, some nice like seventies R and B to calm us down and kind of to cue us in that Robert may be a little lonely, sort of an isolated Maybe. figure. So is this empathetic? Or... Yeah, I would yeah. I would say this is empathetic sound. Okay, and it's diegetic because of course it's coming from a car radio mm. going down the highway in the desert being driven by a very conventionally attractive woman. french woman yeah mm. is it and, french well yes okay. she has an accent is it a french accent yes okay she has an accent she has an accent so she has to be french can we talk about the rabbit yeah sure please because like i was having a, like i again i still really i was still in the mindset of really really enjoying this sequence and that didn't change with the rabbit but i definitely felt like i had to remind myself to like take it seriously not take it seriously but like you know give it its due yeah like because as soon as I, I see like fair shape. yeah, and but if I see like some type of animal exploding or like being like uh-huh. viciously killed in an art piece, I'm like, okay, art piece doing its art piece yeah. thing. Like it just feels like. Can I just say the killing of birds is like so common in like Cannes Film Festival. Like it is ridiculous. Like Antichrist. Fucking oh, any A twenty four movie always has a bird biting it, and as soon as it killed the bird in this movie. I was like, all right, it's official. Right, this is an official art film. Yeah. Like, right. it's like so they got the bird murder, murder check. And something a little yeah. bit larger, yeah. So that's something I just wanted to comment on. Is yeah. that it, it almost tried to take me out of it, but I but I didn't let it. Right, it's know. but it's just you get the sort of idea of Robert is not this kind whimsical no. Wally figure anymore. No, he depart. It's his departure. Yeah, so he is kind of evil, maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Maybe he's just lost. Right, exactly. Maybe exactly, Kendall. Um, Moving up. Yeah, no. So he sees the the Very woman conventional in the yeah the conventionally French attractive woman. French woman driving down the highway, and he use he starts trembling again to cue his psychic abilities and he like stops her car mm-hmm. you know i think there's some sort of desire implied here yeah. like i'll be honest guys the tire wants to fuck the woman that's a recurrent theme throughout yeah. the entire film and she's on the pulp cover so robert approaches her vehicle very slowly and then he just gets totally railed by a massive truck yeah. that hits him off the side of the road his psychic lock on her vehicle is yeah. Broken. broken and then she drives away but through the music and the editing we sense a sort of anger mm-hmm. in robert he, the he tire didn't get the girl he did not get the girl no and he's so used to getting everything that he wants in these like in this progression you know what i mean like yeah crush the water bottle now he's crushing he's yeah it's, the, it's he's interesting robert's sort of a hedonistic mm-hmm. figure mm-hmm. acting on raw desire yeah alone and that's what makes him such a compelling figure right compelling focal character <laughs> yeah so robert tracks down the truck driver who ran him over at the gas station mm-hmm. and blows him up just yep. fuck some up immediately. Uh, Sorry, a, a good head explosion. Yeah, I might say. Which right. yeah, yeah, which alerts the police. <laughs> so, so am I allowed to curse? Yes. Okay. Oh, Sorry. Absolutely. Yeah, I just he fucks him up in yeah. a gas station. Yeah. Which alerts the deputy. Yeah. The, not the, the sheriff, Chad. Sheriff Chad, the, he who yeah. opened the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Breaks away from the audience to now pursue this tire. Who's also unkillable? I know. Well, yeah, because how do you kill a tire? Like it's not alive. No, I mean Chad. Oh, Chad. It's shot. 
shot like a bunch of times. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, for, oh my god, he dies. Yeah. yeah. I, which is kind of what I, I found his character very endearing after that because I was just like, all right, let's see what this guy can do after he's just. I'm skipping ahead, but like after yeah, just and... being able to do anything he wants. Yeah. I don't know, sort of a freeing yeah. role. Eventually, Robert finds his way to the motel where his object of desire is at, and we get this really unnerving, creepy shot of Robert kind of sitting by the door to the motel while he watches the conventionally attractive French uh, lady like take a shower. Mm-hmm. Psycho-esque, don't you think? Yes, yeah. it truly. Yeah, I don't know. Already making homages to... And there's just a sort of sexual psychoanalysis that we Freudian are doing <laughs> yeah a Freudian analysis of this tire on mm. what does it want like does it want to kill her does it want to like fuck her I don't even yeah, I don't know. know how Who does knows? the tire fuck yeah. we don't even know we don't know no. all of this is unknown I don't think we ever actually get any clarity yeah from that we could say any we'll get to that at the end yeah. when we discuss the ending of course but. yes so ba- basically the audience is um at this point they're getting really tired of this movie yeah it's been going on for 20 minutes yeah. and they gotta take a nap already yeah yeah so they take a nap and then later they wake up and the children are like i'm so hungry i need something to eat and they're all like writhing in pain and sheer hunger yeah and then you know we get another bird murder in the hotel one of the like turkey? producers of the movie has a turkey in his room for yeah. some reason. Who's just no like reason. a seventies like chump character. Yeah, a bit of a yuppie. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, truly. Um, he's probably one of, I think, the annoying characters in the entire movie. All the rest of them are kind of fine. He is fairly annoying. Yeah. I agree. But he's like, you know, he alerts us that there is some sort of plan for the viewer happening here, and he has a turkey, which he kills, and brings it back to the audience, Mm. and, like, feeds it to them. I love the shot of the audience eating the turkey. They Just the disgusting, like, just they're all, like, just going down on it. They're like they go hog wild it is a dog turkey. pile yeah. on this turkey they're Animalistic. all ripping it apart yeah. it's, it's like Romero's Night of the Living Dead you guys <laughs> another deep film homage happening yeah so the audience is basically taken out of the picture or at least that's what we're led to believe yeah is that they are now all unconscious or possibly even dead yeah I think it's implied that they all die after well, no. they eat the turkey no they're alive and then they slow we see the slow death of them yeah. because of the poisoning of the turkey yeah. because they're all like oh my stomach hurts and then they're like ah and then they die so like we see them just you know well I mean I'm just I don't think the implication is just that they're unconscious for a little while I think oh, it's supposedly no, that no, they no, are they're totally dead. dead definitely yeah, and yeah. then the guy in the wheelchair looks over and he's just like guys are a bunch of chumps yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah the one audience member that didn't eat the turkey was the guy in the wheelchair yeah so Robert's chilling in the motel after this taking a shower himself getting all of this mud off of him and then a maid comes into the room and like what there's like tire marks all over the room who could have done that and then you know she's like their tires don't take showers so she picks him up and just chucks him back into the desert dirties him up again yeah and he does not take kindly to this and he explodes her yeah which he's impulsive yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so we get the cops back at the motel Mm -hmm. sheriff chad Mm -hmm. and then here comes the critical moment of the movie almost yeah. Or Sheriff Chad, he's like, all right, we need to catch this, whoever did this. 
And then he hears an alarm, and he's like, all right, guys, like, let's wrap this up. Let's go home. Mm -hmm. This is a film. It's fake. It's not real. Yeah. And all the other characters show, like, resistance to it. Like, what? Yeah. My life is real. What do you mean? He's like, shoot me in the face. Yeah. Just dares them. Yeah. And they do. Yeah. And then, sure enough, he has a blood splatter, but nothing actually happens. He goes, it's fake blood. Can I just say, this is the point in the film where it kind of pissed me off. Because I was like, I was so into the whole, like, we got to get this tire. Because I remember in this scene before, he goes, this is what our enemy looks like. And he just points to a spare tire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, that's, I'm so in. (laughs) I'm so in. I'm so in on this movie. And then, and then, when the alarm goes off, he goes, it's fake. It's just a movie. I was like, I, I was like, come on, man. I'm definitely, this isn't where it lost me. It lost me way later. But um, I, I found that sort of liberating in a character just to be like, there are no rules. Yeah. Like, he can do whatever he wants. And now, now that we've liberated him from this type from the script yeah from the script and also from the rules of reality he can pursue this tire that is seemingly just so powerful yeah how do you kill a tire that's like the whole right it's by sheriff chad off script by breaking the fourth wall engaging in metafiction yeah yeah and so he yeah. decides to just yeah he's free to pursue this tire any which way he wants which I think is even more interesting like he doesn't there's no laws he has to abide by he's yeah he's then alerted that like oh wait actually there is somebody still watching this apparently so we have to continue with the film which pisses him off quite frankly and then this is like this is around where the movie lost me and I think it's kind of intentionally supposed to lose you around you think? because because in universe I don't think there is supposed to be a film past this Okay. So it's kind this of... This did feel like we were now in, like, the behind the curtain. Yeah. Like, you know, like... You know, Dupio, Dupio is kind of, like, knowingly just walk, you know, just meandering towards an end yeah. to create a feature-length motion picture. Yeah. Whatever that may look like. I'm trying to remember. I think it was, like, shortly after the tire got thrown in the pool. Yeah. That's when it lost. Around then. Is yeah, Robert lost. goes into the pool. And I'm not sure if that was supposed to be like a suicide attempt. That's how we're supposed to read it. Like he's yeah. trying to drown. I think it was supposed to, it was curiosity. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Just skinny. So far he's been invincible, you know. And then the boy gets yelled at by his uh, mean father that he put a tire in the pool. I don't know. He gets out of the pool, and then just back to the desert we go. Another tire desert montage. Classic. But then he finds his way towards, like, a junkyard with a massive pile of smoke, and he's discovering that all the other tires are being Burned. incinerated. Right. Yeah. You know. So this is the part of the movie I wanted to see. I wanted to see civilians ripping off their tires and just doing <laughs> massive tires. Of tires. Yeah. I think that would have been... Tire pyre. Yeah, a tire pyre. Like, yeah. I wish I wish they just leaned more into that narrative besides the fourth wallness and, like, cutting back to Chad being, like, a character. But, yeah. yeah. I, we get a sort of hopelessness that, again, kind of recalls when Sheriff Chad mentions the pianist earlier in the film of, like, what, what is Robert to do anymore? Mm. People are being systematically murdered. For seemingly no reason. For seemingly no reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rob takes a piano. Uh, yeah, he starts, starts playing piano. Yeah, <laughs> playing the theme to the piano to Polanski's. Oh. Robert is witnessing tire genocide of unmatched scale. Nothing like this has ever happened in tire history. Ever in, in 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 this scope of the world. Yeah. 
And yeah. what reason could this be happening? Why do humans hate tires so much? They're just, and that's where we get to the heart of it. Is like there is no reason truly to hate, right? Yeah. Profound. That was a profound yeah. thought I just came up Scapegoat with. Scapegoat is. I, I thought, yeah. was, was, truly, it, not, was it not just because they, they started saying that, like, there was this sentient tire on a killing spree and everybody no. just started, no, no reason? No, it, literally no reason. Exactly. No not, reason. not for the, like, well, because significant it, number of people it's, it's, it's because it's a junkyard, oh, and okay. junkyards tend to incinerate things like tires. So oh. That's about as deep as that it he pulls up to a junkyard. Yeah, okay. Right. But we get the fade to white. Three days later. Right. And... Oh, for... Okay. And, you know, in the grocery stores, people have had their heads popped. Yeah. You know, on the street, people have had their heads popped. Yeah. And the police just need to find a way to get this tire. Yeah. They're at their... They're at their wits end. They're done. End of the rope. So they've located Robert and they're like, all right, we got him. He's in this house. They have, yeah, Robert's (laughs) in his house, which he owns. Yeah. And for some reason, no reason. Seemingly no reason. And the police deploy a mannequin modeled after a conventionally attractive attractive French woman. Yeah. And it's like loaded with C4. (laughs) And they alert us that like, okay, our plan is that fire is going to blow up the mannequin, which will blow up the C4, which will blow up the tire. Boom. We can go home. I don't want to make this movie anymore. So you see the characters are done with the script. They're tired. Yeah, they have the conventionally attractive French woman, like, read out of a speaker. Mm-hmm. Like, dirty. Like, like try and talk like, to him. Like, him out of his house. Like, hello, little slut, you know. Yeah, yeah. don't you want to, don't you want to blow don't me up? want to make love, you know. Blow my head off, blow yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Then she goes, like, blow up my head, yeah. you bitch. Yeah. yeah. In that sort of very passionate yeah. Yeah. French way of speaking. <laughs> and then there's a, quite a little digression on the writing between the French woman and Chad and discussion about how about the language used and so once they're fighting and then i believe our our guest our one spectator left approaches the van what happened guys this movie's really boring right now yeah please do something exciting like go up and shoot the tire with your gun yeah and then he's like oh you know fine i was gonna do that anyway so sheriff chad gets out of the vehicle and then just murders Robert off screen. No, I think the doesn't the tire. Oh yeah, well you know their 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 scheme fails, and then yeah. he just he just walks out of the truck yeah. and just kills Robert. He well then he comes out with like pelt of Robert, yeah. like just <laughs> a destroyed tire, dumps him on the floor, walks yeah, out. Use your gunshots. Yeah, you just hear the gunshot, he takes the tire and plops it in front of the one spectator and like, here's your tire, you can go home now. But all of a sudden, the tire is reincarnated in another tire. If I'm correct, three tires. Tri- three tri- no, it's not the tricycle yet, is it? Yes. Oh, it's, it's the, the tricycle, tricycle and he reborn. Then he reasons with the 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 spectator tries to reason with Robert, Robert too. Robert too. And <laughs> blows up the spectator. So then he continues on his merry way. Now with an army of tires. That's this is the part. Not to say that I wasn't already lost before, but this was just seeing them go on like 
what just looked like the five. Like, they just started going down the freeway. Like, like army of tires. I was like, okay. See, and that's where we differ. Because then when I saw this, I'm like, all right. Yeah, okay, you got reincarnated as a principal leading like, a regime. It okay. seemed like it was, like, in the corny way, which is probably intended of, like, setting up an awful sequel. <laughs> like, it was just like, all right, I didn't know that we needed to do this. No, I, I, I didn't think it warranted a sequel. And that's, I think I think it was more of just, like, he took he takes over the world. No. No. He had that giant army of tires. Yeah, tricycle yeah. robber. Tricycle robber. Um, it ha- leads an army of ty- tires, which Thousands. I read it up on it, and they're supposed to symbolically represent the spectators who were who? murdered earlier yeah. in the film. They are also reincarnated. Yeah, I didn't as get tires. that. Though. Like I didn't. I, that, yeah. that wasn't communicated effectively. I mean, I have a I have a reading on this film, which I'll get to in a minute, but I didn't. It's still like this scene doesn't really make sense mm-hmm. beyond what Kendall sort of said is that it's probably just like a shitty sequel bait moment yeah. or like yeah. satirizing that. Yeah. yeah, that type of like pop out in a lot of movies. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that, that was just kind of like, not like I didn't scoff at it, but I was just like, okay, this is what we're doing. Like it had me, had me, and then it started to lose me and then that just like kind of shut the door on it yeah so that's where i stopped finding it endearing at least so now that we're reading yeah now we've went through the movie like do you guys have any like larger all-encompassing thoughts about rubber like yeah i i like like i said i think from the beginning for like the the way we stumbled upon this movie I just wish it was what it marketed itself as. I feel like like the artistic side of it, it felt like a fancy cheeseburger. You know, if you're getting a cheeseburger, you go to McDonald's. You don't go to like the place that charges eighteen fifty for, for for like a burger. And like it's like go all in on the pulp stuff. Cause when they were doing the pulp stuff, like the tricycle moment, the heads blowing up, even the rolling sequences. I think the scenes were like the characters were like, I am written by a person. I can do what I was like, okay. Okay, all right, all right, I get it. I was like, come on. It kind of took me out of it a bit. It almost felt like the director was just afraid to make something fun, like just to go all in with the goofiness of it. And he felt like he needed to explain the goofiness through that. He's like, all right, this movie's going to make no sense. But that's an artistic choice. It's like, just do it. You don't need to explain it, you know? So, I don't know. I found some of the explanation helpful, I will say. Like, in just, like, like saying that, like, beginning section, like, no reason sets up the abstract for the rest of, like, the essay that is Robert. Yeah, it did feel like an essay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, uh... Yeah. Essay that's a Robert. Yeah, like, I, I, I think that was helpful just to, like, prime you for what you're gonna see. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely thought that that was... Obviously, there's other ways that I... Not obviously, but, like... Because I, I wouldn't know how to execute that. But there's other ways to probably show that, I assume. But the way they did it, I found it to be effective. Because then I was primed for what was to come. I was almost told not to judge too harshly. Which is not, like, an excuse. It's more like, okay, I'm going to try and feel what they're showing me more so than I typically yeah. do. Like, I, I'm like... This film is making an appeal to me, like a formal yeah. plea for me. To t- it's sending in a letter for me to take it the way that it asks me to take it, and I think I'm going to listen to it because yeah. of the way it's said. It's just very polite. Yes, it was very polite. Very. No, no, it felt like they were flogging you over the head with it. Yeah. That was they were like bringing up every single movie. Like, why is E.T. Brown? No reason. That whole thing. 
was like, okay, you could have you could have gotten away with like one, but they it keeps going. And I was like, all right, I'm getting beat over the head with this message. Yeah, but I also think that can work to like characterize the just Chad. the narrative and also Chad and just in like general view the writing is sort of idiosyncratic and like definitely doesn't know when to stop and can either be too insistent or too vague in any of its writing or beats or you know pacing yeah so if that makes any sense whatsoever but yeah i didn't mind that at all the only again obviously my only like qualm with it was like oh that kind of just stopped me when he was like why does it Adrian Brody's character in the piano. Like, there is a reason. (laughs) Like, I am eternally grateful that I watched this with Kendall because on one hand, when all the pulp stuff was happening, I was enjoying it. And when there was stuff that was very clearly either A, going over my head, or B, I was just so disinterested. I wish I ate that damn turkey. I was like, I would always like look over at her. She's like, "Wow, okay." So these shots are very reminiscent of like Texas, like like the Paris, Texas, you know, like stuff like that. And I was just like, that she was getting so much more out of it than I was. So I would just tap into whatever she was getting out of it, and I was like, "Okay, this is good." I definitely did find part of the pulp. Like, I love how first of all, like I love how different because I, I saw the H the cover you used for the film club, like yeah. I Joe. That was the cover they used on HBO Max. It's super abstract. It reminds me of like the tragedy of Macbeth. Like. Yeah. <laughs> It's an A24 one or something. Like, yeah. they, the one with Frances McDormand, like, very, like, color blocking. Loved it. That was the one they used. And there's one sentence description. And then I log, I go to log this on my letterbox, feeling kind of refreshed, kind of upset with the cop-out sequel yeah. shit that they pulled. And saw that this had the most crazy, ill fit, like, not even reminiscent of the first type of, like, the tragedy of Macbeth cover, yeah. which was, like, a woman... The conventionally attractive French woman, mind you, dressed like scantily clad, you know, and up against this giant tire and yeah. just rubber. Like it, it's not... very like direct to DVD. You look like you see yeah. it in, like on like a shirt of like a biker at like a biker bar yeah. in the somewhere. Yeah, like yeah. it looked like it was a book that nobody's heard of. Like yeah. um, Air- airport book. Yeah, and she's yeah. leaning up against this just giant yeah. tire next okay, to Okay, she's showing it to me right now. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's an apt description of yeah. what the poster is on Letterboxd. Oversaturated, like, hand-illustrated. Very brown. Very brown. Yeah. yeah, it looks like the reckoning has happened. The rapture is <laughs> like in the back. But yeah, that was something that I found very lovely about just this just the scope of where this movie could land with people and i just like the disparity in covers is that it could be both of these things at the same time i think yeah yeah i think we were like the perfect audience for it we had someone who's very in line with like the more artistic side of like well, let's say i enjoy i enjoy pulp yeah stuff no no, no, no i'm too. not saying you don't but you're definitely more uh you you, you can take that st- you, have a, you have a higher threshold for that perhaps sort of yeah, yeah, yeah artistic liberty and idrain and i were both like what is happening? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know how Jen, my other roommate, felt about it. I she was silent. For she was pretty thing. silent for all of it. Yeah. But was this after we watched the thing? Yeah, I think so. And then we were joking about so it. you followed up the thing with, with like, a masterpiece. Palette <laughs> Best thing ever. Yeah, but you were, like, maximizing your, like, animal death to movie ratio. Like, it was just... That like, was a horrible... Yeah. Maximizing. Yeah, a little side. Yeah. Killing the husband. For one roommate. 
Jen is like very anti-animal death in movies, and I was like, oh yeah, the thing has. Oh, sorry, you know, like all the you dogs. said it said it doesn't have anything. I think because you forgot. I forgot about the dogs. Yeah, like the coolest fucking part yeah. of the movie. Like the thing. Like the coolest like, yeah. shit ever. And so we and then saw in that rubber. Like, oh, sorry, we sorry. St- yeah, every time, every time a dog died, we're like, sorry. And then rubber started, Crap. and we're like, okay, there's not to be. Yeah, and then just the rabbit. birds started dying. Rabbit. Yeah, and humans too. Humans. Humans. Oh, we don't care about them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or about yeah. yeah. All right. Can I just say when when we saw that you logged this and I saw like the four and a half. I gave it three point five on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. Three and a half. Okay. <laughs> rounded up. I, I I thought okay okay you gave it three and a half. I you what did you say in the beginning there? Because I was like oh, an you unexpectedly loved it. artful experience. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I'm like challenging the it. limits viewers uh viewers suspension of disbelief and meta commentary and how demoralizing it is to be an artist making a shitty horror flick that's destined to be seen by nobody rotting at the bottom of Walmart's bargain DVD bin okay. for eternity. Unironically, this has depth. Reminded me a lot of Wes Anderson's recent films and how it tackles the bizarre and unknowable subconscious relation to art. How montage and texture and music choice can lead us to emotionally resonate with an resonate with an inanimate car tire. This rests at like the exact intersection between DTV genre ta- trash and avant-garde European film. Kind of loved it, honestly. I think I can't remember what I gave it. I think I gave it like a two. Yeah, I gave it two. Um, might go up a half star after this, though. Like, truly. Oh, wow. So it's pretty great. A whopping five out of ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember I, I just I just read that first line. I'm like, it's a, you put 3.5, and I'm like, this bro loved it. <laughs> like, you I loved do, it. I do appreciate how the want to watch went up after yeah. three people from Film Club watched. Like, I appreciate that we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah but this is such I a false. Like, a lot of people, I feel like, will see. Oh, a lot of people watch this at Film Club. I would say, like, this movie definitely falls into my letter box category of for me personally it's a one star but i liked it like yeah, i think morbius half star and a like like letterbox <laughs> track like, yeah how it exists outside okay yeah so i mean kendall kind of let everybody to know what i think about the movie already <laughs> sorry but you know i was already get just watching it independently i was getting the sort of vibe that like this is like a meta commentary on like I'm a shitty horror director that I'm making a movie that nobody's going to watch past the first 20 minutes and it's just the form of it like represents that in some way like it mirrors that like he's given up it feels like a movie by a person who's given up like about to about to kill himself <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Just, and then you know a moment where why is this my job yeah, and Why? I re- and I read some interviews with Quentin Dupio afterwards, and that was basically that is what the movie is about for him is that he made a movie in like two thousand four I think called Steak, and he was so excited about it because he's such a passionate artist, and then he went to go see it on the opening night, and then nobody was there watching. So it. that's gonna be our next week's podcast. Yeah, next about week is gonna be <laughs> Steak. No. And then the smoking causes coughing and then all uh, to me that's just a very sad story. Like Yeah, it is, it is upsetting. You know, I I think I'm a hot shot and then I go out into the world and then nobody wants to see what I have to create. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it is with the audience in this film where they show up to watch the movie and they're instantly like they're just talking about like I'm hungry or I want to take a nap right now. Mm-hmm. And they don't actually intend on finishing the movie. Yeah. And when they, you know, when people are only there to see the first 20 minutes of a movie, is it even real? That sort of thing. Okay. I, I do. I, you know, that's interesting that that's an issue for them because I do hold a 15 minute rule 
with myself that if I'm not like enjoying a movie like 15 minutes in, I just kind of turn it off. Yeah, this is a movie just, for the directors who make stuff that everybody turns off after 20 minutes. Yeah. Just, because yeah. I think the form of the film is indeed that you're not supposed to watch it past 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 and minutes. it's like it's punishing you for actually yeah. for actually staying there. Yeah. yeah. And I found that like exactly to be the case for me because I think I'm someone who cannot Air to turn off a movie after I've yeah. gone past 15 minutes. After 15 minutes, even if it's like a three hour, 45 movie, I'm like, well, I've already made it. Yeah, I'm I basically already finished. I'm halfway through. I'm I'm over, like, I'm like, I'm 75% through of it, basically, in my mind. So it's like, I have to, I, I, I have just, to power through. Especially when I'm older, I'm going to be like, dude, there's been so many movies that I watched and I wish I didn't. Because that's yeah. like two hours of my life. Truly. <laughs> but... I don't know. The point is that it's like nobody actually cares about this movie realistically, so I'm going to do whatever I want. It's about attire. And then he just goes all in on the fucking, like, Bressonian, um, like, it's just about attire rolling through the desert, uh, you know, avant-garde. French. French. And then... French. And... And it did make me think of, you know, you know, uh, Kendall and I are in a film analysis class right now, and I was putting my skills to work almost that mm-hmm. I've been refining over the past few weeks of like, it's really interesting how, you know, it is a tire, it is just a tire, but yet through the editing and the music choice, I am projecting emotion. The sound. And I am, like, projecting a sort of interiority onto this tire, which isn't there. Yeah. What's that term? It's like, like a Soviet term. I don't know. Term. It's like fabula. The, cool, the Kuleshov effect. <laughs> I guess the Kuleshov, yeah. I mean, that is what the Kuleshov effect yeah, would yeah, be yeah. for it. But I don't know. It just it directly acknowledges almost like how interesting it is or like quaint that uh, you can engage in a movie this way where just a pattern of images are always like, oh, it's Robert. That's yeah. Robert. That's not a tire. That's, that's my Rob. friend. That's my friend Robert. That's Rob. Yeah. I mean, I think seeing everybody uh, preempt it with ones and twos kind of it 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 lowered the bar in a sort of way where I watched it and I'm like everybody you mean both of us. Yeah. Well, I no, I follow other people on Letterboxd who have not been kind to okay. it. And this is just the sort of thing where it's like some people just can't handle vulgar auteurism. <laughs> they just can't handle. They can't handle a director who's trying to piss you off on purpose. So you could say that it works on them. So maybe, so maybe it's the most effective maybe. on them. Maybe I'm trying to. Maybe think you guys it. are the outliers. Here. Well, I don't know. I just I all I could see was vulgar tourism. The the craft of the tire and the cinematography and the pulsating synth score and I could argue that this is like low in terms of vulgarity. If we're talking about auteurism yeah, in the yeah. movies that I that like Oh, I'm just I'm speaking in general. Okay. Vulgar okay. auteurism puts people off. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to understand it. So maybe a commentary track would be the next step forward here for this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Shot by shot. Shot by shot. It's here 80 hours long. I don't know. Uh, there's just the intent, and there's the sort of meta-analysis of like what this movie is, which that sort of thing just always appeals to me. So I I enjoyed Rubber. I think it is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, not in an ironic way. I think it is a good movie, and that's why it premiered at Cannes film festival in 2010 god damn it yeah hey didn't want the bomb 
Yeah. Well, is that it? Are you all ready to wrap up? I would say final closing thoughts on Rubber for me. Personally, not a movie I'll probably ever watch again. Uh, Did it add to my overall appreciation of film? Say yeah. I would say yeah. I would say it is the first of its kind for me. The first rubber type. (laughs) The first rubber type (laughs) film I've ever seen. Um, And uh, I I, I think seeing it with friends definitely made it more, you know, just... I, I could take it in more. It, I mean, yeah. If I, I'm able to make commentary on it in a safe space and not in like a quiet theater, that's where I feel like this right. movie shines. I'm sure that would certainly like kind of cancel out like the intentional boredom. Boredom, right. Meandering yeah. elements. Well, I was ask, like watching it by yourself, how was it? Just you and Robert. How, yeah. How was that? Like those <laughs> just, long, just you and Robert. Just rubber and Just because... We didn't really focus on it too much, but the scenes where Robert's just rolling around are long. They're just like well, kind of long. Those I felt like well, those were my favorite. Yeah, those were my favorite <laughs> the scenes in the scenes. movie because again, it's like entire students. It's it's just like I'm projecting all these emotions onto this tire and thinking about how quaint that is that my mind works that way, and that's yeah. and that's like gripping to me. That's like engaging. Yeah, it's kind of cute. But it's when, you know, again at the end where it's like, uh, ultra plotted, like, oh, we need to kill the tire. Which, again, I think is, you know, boring in an intentional sort of way that you're supposed to think about why you're not feeling anything anymore. And that, that, that makes me upset because that's where I was feeling the most. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's where I was like, this the, movie's cooking. I do think the reason, though, that I felt like this movie, I was so... Well, not just because I have a rule about always finishing movies. It's yeah. like... The reason I think I was so upset at the end is because I, I was really, really letting... I don't know. I was really, really invested in the beginning of, like, wow. Like, the artistic shots of him just, like, slowly getting up and swerving. Like, I I, I felt like I wanted to finish that story so badly because of how much I enjoyed the beginning. But I definitely do agree that it seemed like it was punishing me for that. Yeah. For enjoying the beginning and now being done with it. Yeah. Like, definitely... I had fun along the way. Yeah. I'm glad okay. I watched it. You know what? My review will go up a half star. Oh, oh wow. A like, whopping yay. three out of ten. I think... No, I think that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was going to say three out of ten. Okay, there it goes. Yeah. Three out of ten. Yeah, so there it goes. Yeah, next week. This is the power of discussing film, is that it uplifts them yeah. from a 4 out of 10 to a 5 out of 10. Next week is Green 2 Night. 2 out of 10 and 2 or 3 out of yeah. 10. What? Next week is Green Night, 824. Oh, next week is Green Night, and you're going <laughs> to yeah. come out of it five with a 5 star, star review. I think I Just so it. everyone knows, and this is public on the podcast, Kendall... Kendall watched the 2021 film The Green Knight, which is a masterpiece. Gorgeous film. Gorgeous film. It's a masterpiece and an incredibly gorgeous film. She gave it a 2.5. Because it was so gorgeous and I was not rocking with... Because I, I read Sir... Now this isn't a Green Knight I, podcast. I'm just, but whatever, whatever. This is just a theory. <laughs> yeah. I think it's time to wrap this up, I guys. agree, alright. Thanks for right. having us. Yeah. Now let's talk about our sponsors. We don't have a sponsor. Yeah. Actually... No, we don't have a sponsor. We can work out. But, uh, yeah, thank you for listening to the podcast. Um, I'll have more episodes out soon. I actually got people lined up all of a sudden for for after hours, the happiness of the katakuris, uh, like color out of space. Oh, no. So we're going to have quite a trippy uh, quarter on the UW Film Club podcast. And if 
But you, the person listening to this right now, wants to speak to me, you can come to club and talk to me in person, and I would love to speak to you. Make them watch an awful movie and then make yeah. them talk about it for hours and hours. Oh, here's the... Th- no. Like, hey, Harrison, you should watch this movie. It's so awful. Rates it five and then stars. I'll, and then I'll give it a four out of five. Yeah. Yeah, no. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, goodbye. Bye, guys.